welcome back to the Braying and Slaying podcast, a Light the Fire Outdoors production. On this episode, John Landris emerges from the pipeline mud to make another co-host appearance. The guys remind you to hunt hard and have fun, and why it's important to get off Facebook and enjoy the beach. With that, let's jump in with Aaron and John. Nothing a couple of meatheads can't handle. Right. <laughs> well... Welcome back to the Praying and Slaying podcast, and today is probably the most exciting day since we launched this thing because John Landris is back in town and ready to record. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Good, man. So you are, uh, tell us what's been going on, man, because like our schedules got kind of crazy and then some life changes happened, so you've you got a lot to catch us up on, I think. <laughs> Yeah, we could talk a long time about that, but, you know, life throws you a curveball from time to time, and uh, the job I'd worked for many years came to an end, and I had to take on a different uh, way of bringing home the bacon, and I ended up uh, going through the process of joining a heavy equipment operators union and working on the pipeline, and once you work on the pipeline, as anyone out there that's ever done it, I mean, it's just go, 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 and so, I mean, I, I basically worked for three months straight, you know. So that's crazy pretty, pretty crazy time but uh for th- sure. thankful for thankful for the opportunity and i've certainly learned a lot and i'm looking forward to going back i'm laid off right now just because everything's so wet and it's just futile trying to do work in six feet not six feet <laughs> two three feet of mud and pulls, <laughs> everything, pulls everything down so i'm i'm in this uh a layoff period where i'll eventually get called back so uh, i'm trying to enjoy my time off because when i go back it'll probably be four to five months just straight so wow mm-hmm. that's awesome man but, but it's been great to uh see or actually hear that you've been keeping the beat of the slaying and praying and slaying podcast heartbeat going in my absence with uh jeremy <laughs> yeah man for sure jeremy came in at a good time with uh with all that stuff going on and kind of in a lull period there but yeah that that hunt to where jeremy and i talked about and he's like you know i'll do it for or with you guys or whatever and i was like perfect kind of been yeah. better timing that's awesome yeah. guys got a way of making it work man right right and, for sure, uh, dude. so I, I figured i'd call and catch up with you today because i'm actually heading from my hometown over to where i do some turkey hunts and uh i'm starting hunt tomorrow morning and i really i drove through the area maybe two weeks ago and i saw like 20 to maybe 30 turkeys in an afternoon driving around which is more than i've ever seen so uh i'm kind of excited i know the area well i have three or four farms secured that i can hunt on and uh i'm expecting it to be easy so i the back of my mind i know right away it's probably not going to be when you have those expectations <laughs> no for sure it never is man well that's cool man yeah. the turkey hunting i think where we left off was the turkey takers series so you just picked up right where you left off yeah right Right. So I, uh, last year I used the crossbow because I, you know, with the schedule I was on, I had um, days off here and days off there. And uh, using a bow or crossbow in Minnesota, you can hunt uh, any any day throughout a six week period that you want. When you use a shotgun, you have to pick your week from like a Wednesday to a Tuesday. And uh, this year it's just with so many things going on, you know, I'm I'm taking my shotgun. I'm actually really excited. <laughs> yeah, dude, I would be too, man, for sure. Just use the hammer if you got it. That's right. Yep, that's cool. That's right. Yeah, this year I was planning on trying to get, uh, I was really planning on just not doing turkeys this year. You know, I 
came out here and got my first Miriams last year, which was awesome. Ended up with three for the year, which is a great season, but uh, I still haven't got a Blackberry yet. And, um, you know, we've, we're kind of at that threshold with being in the military that you just know your time's kind of more limited now and stuff like that. So it's like, ah, really, what I do, I want to split my time between turkeys this year and bears or just put all my eggs in the bear basket and do that. And so I bought my, I've got three, I've got three turkey tags in my pocket, but I don't know. I still haven't decided yet. Clay uh, Peterman with the guy I hunted with last year to get that double. Um, he invited me out again. Uh, he just said, Hey, you, we got an open invite. And I know you and I had talked about me trying to get a hunt done out there yet, but I just, the weekend's kind of the same thing. I've just got so much going on and we're in a super busy time with work to try to take time off during the week to do it. It's probably a no-go. So I, Right yeah. now, I'm, I'm just still kicking it around my head. I, you can't not want to turkey hunt every year. You just It's such a fun hunt. But I think bears might just take the time I do have this season. I'm not sure yet. I haven't decided. Yeah, I, I hear you there. Both, both things that you said. I mean, turkey hunting, just for me, I think I've said it before, you know, I, I take deer hunting so seriously that I made myself a promise when I started turkey hunting. Like, I'm just going to. I'm going to hunt hard and put my foot in the game, but I'm always going to remind myself that I'm doing it to have fun. And, and that definitely gets lost. I just don't have the capability of doing it for white tails. If I don't get a big buck, it's like carrying a monkey around on my back. And I don't want to <laughs> put that, <laughs> that same crap, uh, uh, you know, on my back when it comes to turkey. So if you well, just sit back and enjoy it, put your time in. You know, I, I just feel like with the experience that I've gotten over the years, turkey hunting um, that i'm probably going to get a turkey so just make it fun and just kind of tip your cap when a, a big gobbler comes out and turns around i remember telling about the roadrunner that uh <laughs> came out and strutted around last year looked around and took one step towards me and i thought it's a done deal you know because of the way of the lay of the land and stuff not to tell that whole story again but then he turned and and roadrunner you know off through the brush and i just had to chuckle and tip my cap to him Oh yeah. No, they're, they're funny birds, man. I know, um, Jeremy said he went out there. Jeremy was on his way out to, uh, we got to launch that podcast actually, um, had it recorded. I intended to launch it on Friday, but work got caught up with me and I still need to do it today. Um, but anyway, he, uh, he headed out to out where Clay's at and I guess they had a heck of a go with it. Um, just birds being hand up or not responding to calls. So I don't know a little early yeah. still or what the deal is, but there's been a few turkeys on the forums I've seen um, and the hunting forums here in like Montana stuff hitting the ground, but not like crazy yet, you know? Yeah. that That's funny. You say that um, Minnesota, it, it's, it's still one day it'll be 65. I don't think it's hit 70 yet, but maybe 70. And then the next day it'll drop down in the thirties, you know? So you got kind of that, I have that kind of this um, war in my mind of, you know, I know that the turkeys sustain themselves in the winter where I hunt by feeding on the acorns and the oaks. But then again, I know at some point when the, the hay fields around here green up, they like to be in the field. Well, there's hardly anything green yet. So in the back of my mind, it's like, should I hunt the oaks more where there's still probably a lot of them at with the acorns, you know, should I hunt where I always hunt? And I know there's turkeys in the field, even though they're not green yet. So I guess my plan is to hunt, uh, you know, virtually no scout. And I was just driving the dirt road a couple of weeks ago. I didn't go into where I turkey hunt. I decided I'm just going to leave it alone and, and just go for it. But I'm going to start at my favorite spot on my grandparents' old farm where I've, I've got quite a 
uh, he actually popped into my mind earlier. I hope he's still out there. I'd, I'd love the chance to duel him again, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet you will. But, he'll, he'll be there waiting for you. Yeah. But in my back pocket, um, if I'm not seeing birds on the field, there again, because they're not greened up and they might not be using them as much, I'm going to really quickly pull the pin and, and get into the oaks. And I know in that area they've done also done some uh, some logging. So they oh. use those they use the, the logging as, you know, the openness that a field provides as well as, you know, the, the feed of acorn. So I, I think it's set up pretty good. That's at least my game plan going into it. Um, and another thing I'd like to touch on last, last week was the opening week of Minnesota turkey hunter hunting. And uh, of course, as the schedule goes, I saw it like a month in advance, like I'm going to be sitting on a beach in Florida, the opening week of turkey season in Minnesota, you know, so I kind of had to chuckle, like you can pick a different season. It's fine. You know, it's not like deer hunting where you really want to get in on the action right away. Um, so I'd be sitting on a beach in Florida and I was, there's a, there's a Facebook page, Minnesota turkey hunters. And uh, I'd be sitting back, relaxing, soaking in the sun and click on that page. And this, this guy got his first turkey. This guy got his, eighth turkey in a row this four-year-old girl got her first turkey at all and it's just over and over and over and I, you feel like you're missing out on the action you know you got to get back there what are you doing and then you it dawns on you well you're in a good spot you're sitting on panama beach florida you're enjoying the sun <laughs> and then it, it happened to dawn on me to cross-reference okay so maybe 100 people have shot a turkey in this group and so and posted about it so then i went and looked at the number of members in the group it's like 5500 you know so there again that social media has a way of feeling like you're kind of always in the wrong spot at the wrong time you know oh dude yeah so i mean you just have to take it all in and and tip your hat to those guys it's great they got their turkeys be supportive to your fellow hunters and enjoy the trip that I was on and then know and have the confidence in myself. Like when I get my shot, like I'm going to get my turkey. (laughs) For sure. No, I think we've talked about that before, man. Like the, that impact that social media has on putting just a a stress on hunting and fishing and everything that you enjoy outdoors. And it's like, if you didn't have, if you took away Facebook, it would be like, it would, I think hunting and stuff would go back to the, the only stress you would have is when that, like you said, that turkey, turns around and hightails it on you or that big buck gets away you know in the season or something yeah. but like man you start seeing everybody else post pictures and stuff and ex- exactly right man i'm sitting here in the office every day and i uh i do my very best and I, I do a pretty good job of it now i've just it's been a habit for so long to just limit social media period but when it comes to the hunting yeah. stuff dude i like i don't even subscribe to a lot of the hunting pages and stuff anymore or, or follow them or whatever just so i don't or i might be on them but i don't uh like follow them or whatever. So it shows up in your newsfeed all the time. Um, because it just, it just weighs on you. Like, it's fun to go look every once in a while, but not, man, it just, it stressed you out so bad. And then when you're outdoors industry, it puts a whole different pressure on it anyway, because it's just like, you have to go do it. And it takes, it takes all the fun away. And it sucks. And and you're kind of shirt tailed into where some may perceive that you should kind of be a professional at it. You should. Or that. Yeah. Yeah. And you should kind of, if you're, you know, you, we both work for Tacticam, you should kind of get the best Tacticam footage out there, right? <laughs> for, <laughs> I mean, sure. for sure. For so, sure. I've been hazing, uh, hazing Jeremy about that because he's, now that he came on to, uh, he came on the payroll at Tacticam, <laughs> I give him all kinds of crap when he doesn't get videos of his hunts or 
very limited yeah. footage and all that stuff just to razz him a bit, but he's pretty good yeah. at throwing it back. Yeah, that is that is a goal of mine. Like, you know, my memory instantly when I started to say that's a goal of mine because it was my mind skipped back to I was gonna say my it's a it is a goal of mine to write it out a little bit longer even than I normally would and get good footage like when you and I and Mr. Jeff Beal were in Missouri and I wanted to shoot that turkey at 65 yards, you know. <laughs> Jeff was like, no, don't shoot him. He's coming right into the decoy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And he was on a dead sprint to the decoy, you know. Was <laughs> you would have hammered him if you were on your own any other day of the week. Yeah, you see it, you you got a shot, you you know, the, take the first good shot you got. That's my mentality. That's always been my mentality as a hunter, but that, to his point, the point he's making, like, you know, yeah, maybe if he was running off and you weren't going to get a shot again, but when he's running right into the deep, <laughs> let him come, let him come in, let calm your nerves down, you know, get it on film and, and put a good shot on him, blow him over, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. And it's always such a better feeling when you do that. Cause it's like, it's no matter how it lays out, it's always exciting in the field, but when you get to get back and, and check out a video and you have awesome footage, it's just like, it's even better. It's just like, you can't be more excited about it. Oh man, I tell you what, one of the best feelings I've ever had as a hunter is, uh, uh, must have been, well, the same year I blasted that one, you know, in Missouri with you guys, I came home and that's when I learned how to read and got my first, uh, reaper decoy and I was just jacked, uh, to go reap a turkey. Like I'm reaping a turkey or I'm not shooting. That's just how it is. You know? Yeah. And, uh, I worked till noon that day, hit the road, got over to where I hunted say two o'clock and by four o'clock I had reaped a turkey you know and it was yeah. the best it, and and I had like three different angles of it you know so as soon as the dust settled the, the gobbler starts stops flopping I lean my gun against a tree I'm like please let me have all this video and I watched it and I was just like I was stunned that it was that <laughs> easy you know what I mean and all the and I was like, please let this buffer and everything work right and everything saved and everything download. I mean, it was all just perfect. And I was just on cloud nine. I remember calling you right away, like, Aaron, you got to check this out because you were the team director back then and I was the team leader. Like, check this out. I'll send it over to you right away. You know? Oh yeah, dude. There's no yeah. better feeling, man. That's that's so cool. I finally got up. Uh, that's another thing I'm gonna do today once I get that other podcast thrown out there. Um, on the uh, LTFO uh, YouTube channel, I finally launched. Um, I, I I started taking one day a week to edit videos so I can actually get rid of this pile of footage and put it on YouTube or wherever. Yeah. But uh, I started with the, just being perfect timing. I, I dug up all the footage last year from my first Miriam hunt out here in Montana on that limited draw tag I got. And yeah. uh, dude, just it's like going through all that footage and editing it and the whole thing. I mean, it's just, you get to relive that moment all over again. And then it's like, it, it, like you said, once everything's downloaded, once everything's uploaded, all the, you know, everything's good. And, and YouTube says, all right, congratulations, you did it. And then the video yeah. editor doesn't crash on you. It's like, thank God. Cause now you got this like perfect memory preserved, all the stress goes away. And now it's just like, dude, send it. But yeah. It's, and, uh, and then, and we'll touch on it again. Cause we're right here at the cusp of it. I mean, you get that hunt and then, it, it's there forever and i mean the, the very next day like i went to the gas station and i saw a local guy that i've known my whole life and he's like what are you doing around here and i'm like i'm, I'm turkey hunting or i was and he's like you got one already I'm like yeah he's like well tell me tell me how how it went and i'm like no 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 
So I'll, I'll show you how it went. <laughs> and I showed him that footage, and he's like, you filmed that too? He's like, that bird was like two feet from you. How did you film it too? And I'm like, well, it's just a camera mounted on the end of my gun barrel. And I'm like, check this out. I had one pointing back at me too, and I had a wide angle, you know, and he was just floored. So, I mean, the <laughs> fact that you don't have to sit there and, and try and tell the best story you can every time because that hunt was so cool and means so much to you, and you did something that you are so proud of that you want to share it correctly. You just go into your Tacticam app, hit play, and show them. And then he, it was kind of like the, an old school gas station where it was like a country store gas station. So, in the back, he had like this like a table where the, all the local boys would come in and drink coffee. And next thing you know, he's calling them over. You got to see this. You got to see this. You got to see this. You know? <laughs> John Landris. Attack the yeah. Turkey reaping. Turkey reaping. There's nothing to it, but. <laughs> Not a chance. That's awesome. Did you see the, uh, the peeping or the reaping peeper reaped one? I did. I was so, I mean, my mind raced when I saw that how many different directions I could go with my comment on there, you know, because <laughs> of the history we had with that guy and he, he brought that hog reaper down to hog camp and you know, that time that he was we were leaving we were leaving the Iowa camp and he couldn't find his reaper and all that stuff, you know, and I was like, Way to go, no surprise, you reap reaper, you know, I mean Oh yeah. No, it's uh, it was fun. I got to hang out with him actually a little bit at the. I I flew in um for one of the recent Tacticam sales meetings, and I uh, the Deer Classic was going on in Iowa, so I flew in a little early and end up uh, crashing at my parents' place, and then I went out to the Deer Classic. And dude, I'm sitting there at uh, there's a guy um out of Missouri. He started a company called Jacked Gear. He's retired uh, Navy. And they make like uh, bow slings, gun slings um, out of paracord and stuff like that. And it's an all veteran employee company. Like he employs disabled veterans, you know, guys who can't get a job for one reason or another. He'll like ship supplies to their house. They uh, have orders that they have to fulfill. And then they have guys that drive around on the delivery route and they pick up the completed stuff and they drop off more supplies for the next week. And it's a really cool operation he's got. But I met him at the total archery events last year that we started going to. And uh just a really cool, super cool dude, super cool business. And anyway, I, I knew he was going to be the deer classic on the vendor list. So I went over there and I was talking with him and, um, anyway, just kind of catching up and I'm sitting there staring across at the booth, like straight across from me. And I just not a thought in the world. Like my, my, my eyes were looking one direction at like these different people and stuff, but my head was like in the conversation I was in. And I sat there for probably a good 25 minutes looking Scott Novotny in the eyes. And I had no idea it was him. I'm just sitting yeah. there, like staring at this dude and wondering why he's staring at me. And then I like my brain like zapped out of the conversation a little bit. And then like it clicked. I'm like, holy crap. And like I got a smile on my face. And then he gets this big old grin on his face. <laughs> and he, yeah. You like that? That's the peeping reaper. That's the peeping reaper, man. Holy crap. So whenever. <laughs> went over and chatted with him and the guys from, uh, actually it was one of your buddies. Um, I think it was the guy that you and I talked about, uh, who had that, uh, trail camera card reader. He's I'm pretty sure he's, he's, he knew you from something. Um, but he, that's the company. Oh, that was the, you, you're the, talking about lowdown. Lowdown. Yeah. Yeah. The lowdown reader. That's the booth I, that uh, Scott was hanging out in. So we went over there and I talked to the lowdown guys and they talked, you know, he, one of them, said he knew you or whatever and and then yeah. uh 
yeah, the, the peep and reaper took me around to some of the different contacts he knew and we shot the breeze for a little bit and got to catch up. And then, uh, actually the buddy he reaped that Turkey with is now, a just signed up to be like the latest tacticam dealer out of Iowa. He's a guy that sells some sporting goods and grills and stuff like that up in his area. And I guess he was with him. Cause I called that dealer to finalize an order he was placing or whatever. And he said, yeah, we actually got a, we got a reap. Uh, a turkey the other day with Scott and I was like oh yeah I totally forgot you said you hunt with him or whatever and he said yeah dude normally we're in a blind and we have 15 different angles and like all this stuff and uh, I guess I don't know what exactly happened but it sounded like they got the footage of them walking away from the turkey and that was it they didn't actually get it on film so we're gonna have to just we're gonna have to bust Scott Scott on that one a little bit oh we're gonna have to tack to shame him yeah he couldn't push the button on his friggin tacticam but he carried that rack hanger around with him to, to pose with <laughs> <laughs> but i mean that's what's so cool about hunting and the hunting community for the most part you know i mean a couple of years ago we didn't even know scott you know now yeah it's like you, you see a post of him you know uh, um we know scott well we know what he's been through you know and, and a guy like that like you just you have that bond and you always have his back and you're always yep. salt of the earth him, man you know? oh for yeah. sure for sure, man. We've, uh, I was telling my wife that just the other day, it's like, it's these unique communities you get yourself involved in and you know, it's exactly it. I don't know what, if you, once you have a common bond, like it's there forever and no matter who comes in and out of that community, there's always some part of you that kind of like, they become part of your family a little bit. And like the military is very much that way. And, you know, there's, there's people you don't like, and there's people you like, but at the end of the day, y'all kind of have that connection that binds you. I was telling my wife yeah. about that. I, we uh, um, light the fire outdoors right now is sponsoring a uh, with, by the way, a little shameless plug here. Um, the, <laughs> the proceeds from light the fire outdoors, um, you know, on all the sales and stuff, we've sold a couple of black hound scopes. Now um, the LTFO decals, LTFO beanie, all the proceeds and stuff from that are actually starting to kind of come to fruition a little bit. We had enough funds from those to completely fund the first uh, six week tournament on Malmstrom air force base. First ever, uh, indoor archery tournament this base has ever had they just opened an indoor range and we were lucky enough to spearhead the um you know getting some indoor competition going this winter so we're on week five actually tonight uh 1800 we're kicking that off but um anyway so yeah funds from those are i you know again all the proceeds go to veterans conservation and the ltfo mission and uh for veterans here that's what you guys have been supporting most recently is the uh the six-week tournament targets um prizes stuff like that for these the shooters here on malmstrom which is pretty cool getting a lot of new airmen into it some some experienced shooters some inexperienced shooters and that kind of stuff but anyway the people that show up to this it's like really funny because i have I, i've been out of the military now for gosh i don't know a good handful of years six years or so but you just you all i can't you kind of miss that camaraderie a little bit and it was this was getting back in here and hanging out with these different guys and gals that i've never met in my life you know i'm a you know an air force spouse at this point basically and but getting to hang out with these these people you know you meet them and they all have different personalities and stuff and i i was talking to my wife about it at dinner there night and i was like you know what's kind of funny about this is like there was a kid in there and he like he uh he's he's the only person who shot all all every week of this tournament so far with me and everybody else has kind of been on, you know, they come and go and, you know, here a couple of weeks, gone a couple of weeks, that kind of thing. But anyway, this one kid, his name's Raul. Um, he's been in there shooting and he like, <laughs> he hustled in one day because he thought he was late. Cause I, I have everybody, I tell everybody kickoff times 1800, but it's like a half hour 
um, warm up session. And then after that, um, you know, we start officially start slinging arrows downrange for score at six 30. And, uh, he texted me that he was going to be late this one. I'm like, Oh, no problem or whatever. So I'm in there dinking around with my bow and he comes flying in at like six 15, like out of breath, just stumbling all over himself. And I was like, Holy smokes, man. He was, <laughs> he was really hustling trying to get here, but he's not late. You know, and I was like, dude, I thought you said you're going to be late. And he's like, yeah, it starts at six. Doesn't it? And I said, no, I said, uh, I said, I just, I get here at six. So everybody can be here, have warm up time or whatever. So we can all get kind of settled before we go. I said, you know, that's why we start at uh, 1830 every day. And he's like, Oh dude. Okay. Thank you, man. I, I thought I was gonna be late. I felt bad. Yada, yada. I'm like, no, no worries. And, and then he heads out the door and it was right as this uh, new couple for that week had come in and he like kind of tripped on the door jam or whatever, <laughs> just stumbled. He was just frazzled. And, uh, it was funny cause just, cause it was, but anyway, we, um, as he was walking, like he, he was like, we're hustling out to go to the restroom or something. But anyway, in my head, when these two people were walking in, like, I almost got defensive of him and I never even had the conversation, but I felt defensive for the kid. Like if they were going to make fun of him, that I was going to have his back on it. Like, Hey, don't make fun of that guy. You know, whatever he showed up every week, whatever. But it was like this weird, like camaraderie thing. I hadn't felt in a long time about it, but it's just like, they're your brother kind of, you know, and you're not going to let anybody, if they, they mess with them, you mess with them. Hey guys, just wanted to take a little bit of a break from the show to remind you guys, if you guys want to support Light the Fire Outdoors and uh, the Praying and Slaying podcast, you can head over to lightthefireoutdoors.com and check out our shop. We've got a full line of Blackhound Optics. They're our newest favorite scope that we've uh, been able to shoot. I'm absolutely loving the 6 to 24 by 50. I've got that put on the 6.5 by 300 Weatherby. I took it out to the range the other day and it took me like five shots to get a 200 yard zero. It's true tracking. Glass quality is fantastic. The price point of these things is amazing. And it's a great way to get yourself a new optic for the upcoming season, as well as support Light the Fire Outdoors and its mission. Like you heard earlier in the podcast, we do take all the proceeds that come in from all of our things, whether it's the decals on your beer fridge, whether it's the beanie you're wearing on your head while you're out shoveling snow, or whether it's a Blackhound optic. Your guys' support helps us support conservation, veterans, outdoor activities, and the Light the Fire Outdoors mission for ministry outreach. Uh, We actually put on the first ever tournament here at Malmstrom Air Force Base up here in Great Falls, Montana. And that was all based off your guys' support and proceeds from your guys' purchases through Light the Fire Outdoors. We were able to fully fund and support that so there was no cost to the veterans out there shooting or the base itself. So great opportunity to support us, guys. Be sure to check out ltfo.com, lightthefireoutdoors.com. Check out the shop. And if there's anything you see there, feel free to support us in that way. With that, let's get back to the show. We need more of that, brother. Yeah, for sure, man. But uh, no, that's cool. Yeah, we're going to bust uh, the Reaper. And so you're going to go down to, where are you hunting out of? I guess don't give your spot away, but you're, uh, how many days you're spending there? <laughs> family farm again? Uh, I, yep, my family farm. It's south of Grand Rapids. Uh, it's uh, the season's Wednesday. It starts tomorrow and it goes till next Tuesday. Awesome, man. And so I just got into town. It's kind of funny. It's actually snowing pretty, pretty decent here. <laughs> oh, nice. And uh, get to do all the fun stuff of uh, grocery shopping and hooking up to the camper and filling the propane bottles because it's still supposed to get to 20 degrees tonight. So no oh, yeah. one freeze. No, definitely not. But I'm, I'm excited. I mean, just uh, unwind, get back out in the woods where 
I actually belong. <laughs> yeah. And do some hunting, just soak it all in every bird that chirps or twig that snaps or, uh, you know, just take it in as a hunter. And yeah, so, man. No, that's, that's awesome. You definitely uh, need it after working as long as you have straight with the pipe, new pipeline job and stuff. We went on a yeah. vacation down to San Antonio for a week just to get away from some stuff. And I could feel myself like getting like super burnout, just the day-to-day work stuff or whatever, you know, you'd get these like spurts of motivation and then they'd be followed by these like twice as long stints of like demotivation and you get a little motivated and demotivated, just like it was really hard to stay motivated. And, um, we ended up taking a week just to go down to San Antonio and went and saw my brother. He lives in Austin. My grandma lives in Buda, Texas, um, which is like halfway between San Antonio and there and just had some fun, relaxed, did a whole lot of nothing and whatever. And then, uh, came back, man. I, you don't realize like how much you need those refresh moments until all of a sudden you're like, Holy crap. I've been able to pound pavement for yeah. like three weeks straight and haven't lost an ounce of motivation. Like that was amazing. Like you just don't realize it until you do it and then you get back and you're like wow it's a, it's amazing what those recharges will do for you it's funny i mean the one thing that go, was going through my head when you're telling that is that uh you know when you're going on vacation you make all these plans you're excited to go places i was going to florida i was gonna see the beaches and relax and brother who lives down there and his son and his wife and you're super pumped and you get to the airport you can't wait to get on that plane and fly down there and get there as quick as you can and then on the way back like the day you got to travel back you're like you're rushing around you want to get to that plane to get to the next airport to get to the next airport and then you get to the last flight and you're like oh I'm so excited to get home almost as excited as you were to go on vacation you know so yeah for me that just kind of put it in perspective like how valuable time away and um, exploring doing some traveling even if it's just relaxing in a different spot catching up with your family how important travel actually is oh 100 no it's it's awesome i was a little bummed though because on the way back my uh um there's a place uh gosh dang it i can never remember the name of the it's like a one of the it's like at the center of minneapolis airport where all kind of the the big wings meet or whatever there's a restaurant mm-hmm. there and i remember the, the time i flew back to tactical when i got sick at the sales meeting like I was just sick yeah. of the dog or whatever. Like I started yeah. feeling okay. And then I went to, uh, I got to that airport and I had a bunch of time to kill or whatever. So I was up there and I kind of felt like, okay, I could probably eat something. You know, I'm feeling hungry. I'm not feeling as bad as I was. And I go to this restaurant and they had like, they had wings you could order. I'm like, yeah, it's probably, a, it's not a terrible bet, you know? And uh, so I ordered some grilled wings and they, the lady said, would you want like five or 10 or something like that? I'm like, Oh, you got to do 10, dude. I'm not going to do five. She goes, are you sure they're big? And I'm like, yeah, send it. So I get them and they're the, like, they're the full wing off the bird. Like, so I have yeah. 10 full size wings. It's actually like you have 20 wings as you order at another restaurant, basically. And, and plus right. like the little, uh, the little limp wrist or whatever at the end of the bird's wing is on there too. And, uh, <laughs> So I just stuffed myself full of these wings, which just ended up being a bad idea. But the the wings were delicious. I always remembered that. And um, so anyway, I was yeah. like, kept, I told my wife about it. I was like, yeah, if we ever stop through there and have enough time, we definitely got to go get wings there. They're like really good. And so she, when we were flying back, where we had a layover in Minneapolis, and she goes, uh, she goes, you want to go to that? Isn't this the place she had that wing restaurant? I was like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. So I took her down there. She ate like one wing and didn't like them. <laughs> it was like this big hyped up, <laughs> hyped up situation. And uh, 
And then I was like super depressed. So anyway, long story short, I was like, just get five. You don't need 10. And I end up beating nine of them anyway, because my wife only <laughs> ate one. <laughs> but this time it That's was funny. Better. Like, the, the, yeah, the full, uh, the full wings, like you were describing that little piece at the end that always reminds me of uh, Edward Scissorhands, the little yeah. <laughs> chopper knuckle looking thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like a praying mantis arm. Uh, uh. I never used to see those, but it seems to be a, a thing uh, in Minnesota anyway. I don't know. Just give you the whole the whole kit and caboodle there, bud. Oh, yeah, dude. It must be because, I mean, the you, you couldn't get any more Minnesota than the waitresses we had at that place. Oh, yeah? Well, there was, was there a Helga there? there? Uh, they very well could have been named Helga. I'm not even sure. The lady asked <laughs> us when she was getting off. Her, she came over and gave us our check. She said, I'm getting off my shift. Is there anything else I can get for you guys? And I said, no, actually, we're getting ready to head out anyway, so thanks for bringing it over. And she goes, you don't want any shots or anything? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> definitely don't. I said, no, at first I looked at my wife and I said, well, wait, are they on the house? And she goes, no, I just want to know if I can get you some before I go. <laughs> no, we're, we're good. And then we end up sitting at the Twins bar and we, each, we played rummy while we were waiting on our flight to go. And uh, we each had like, my wife had a champagne and I had a double makers and then she had a double makers and I had another one and then she had another one and we walked over when they started calling our gate and then we realized like we were going to be another 10 minutes before we boarded so we walked back and had another double <laughs> at the twins bar that was that's where I saw that guy I, I think I told you there was a guy there he had a hard hat and I said what do you do with this I see your hard hat or whatever what do you do he's like oh I'm a safety manager or something um for whatever company I said, oh, you're not, I said, where are you yeah. headed? And he said, I'm heading up to Duluth to do something on the pipelines. And I said, oh, no kidding. I said, I got a buddy up there. And, he said, and I can't remember what he said the pipeline was he was going to work on. But he said, if it's in that area, he said, that's probably the one he works on. So which, which one did yeah. you, which one are you hammering on, bud? Uh, it's called Precision Pipeline. And uh, it's talking, he, I, I remember you texted me, he, you asked me if I was working on line, the line three project and definitely the same exact spot that he was going to is where I was working which is just like you know kind of a refresher on the fact that you you never ever know who you're talking to you know I mean yeah oh ever mm -hmm. no it was it was a good thing he was seem like so a guess, nice guy. yeah so I guess the point is you might as well just treat everyone good talk to everyone like they might know your best friend and you yeah. don't even know it's, it's amazing <laughs> the people you'll meet that way too or realize like Oh, you got a common connection somewhere you'd never know. Right. For sure. Yeah. We're lost in a world of, it's like you, it's like these little vortexes of, uh, well, I told you I've been trying to stay off like social media as much as I can anyway with, you know, respect for, you know, work and stuff like that. Obviously I do some things here and there. And, um, but anyway, on weekends specifically, like I usually make an active effort if I can to just leave my phone at home, like if we go somewhere or whatever. So unless I need it for communicating or whatever, but um, <clears throat> just not even messing with it at all. But it's amazing. It's not amazing. It is something But when you are sitting at a table and even like if your wife hops on, she's doing something on Snapchat, watching the nephews or something or <laughs> whatever. And you just kind of look around. It's like you can't find people that just talk anymore. Like it's, it's hard to find a stranger looking up to make eye contact with the even smile at somebody or you know make any kind of a connection with anybody it's amazing right i love like going through town and uh i live in duluth is a big enough city where it's not like 
where you grew up on on some dirt road in Iowa. I mean, where you hey, if you wave, hey, you know that's fun. <laughs> we, we had a, we had a paved street. We we didn't we had one four way stop though. We didn't have a stoplight. <laughs> but I'll I'll just wave at people, and I mean, if they see me, their mouth just drops open, their head kinks to the side, like that guy. <laughs> Why is he waving at me? Oh, I you love know what it. I mean? So I love keeping that alive. I really love uh, when I do roll into my hometown, which I'm sitting in right now in a parking lot at the grocery store. I saw someone I knew and I like, I was driving and obviously we're talking. So I just raised one finger off the, <laughs> one finger <laughs> off the, da- the steering wheel. And he's like, hey dude, he's waving. He's like, yeah, how's it going? You know, so, it, and there again, like since I'm here, it's like, there's never a feeling quite like going to your hometown where you grew up i mean oh, no. it's just awesome yeah it is and it, it grows on you as you get older too for sure i've noticed that like every time i go home it's like a little bit more of like a it, your heart just gets full kind of it's like hey oh for sure you see everybody sure. going seeing places you used to go all the time hitting the local hardware store up all that stuff mm-hmm. yeah and then but for you sure. stay there for a while and you're ready to go back home after that like, oh, okay cool i saw yeah. a conquer yep. Actually, I saw a really funny moment. Uh, my wife and I went down to Billings. I had a, there's a guy named Finney. He's from Finland. He flies around for the government doing like a um, nuisance predator control, basically. So he'll, you know, he, he's contracted to handle problem grizzlies, relocate them, that kind of stuff. Does some wolf trapping, different things like that. If, if farmers and stuff are having issues. So anyway, I was uh, helping him out with some things that he had with tactium stuff. And then, we had a couple other appointments down there and on the way back there's this itty bitty town it's like one of the few places you'll lose service in, or you get a little glimmer of service sorry on the way to billings from great falls and there was a guy parked just like what you just talked about sitting there's a guy sitting out in front of this little like corner grocery store in this town like if you blink you'll miss it but there's one grocery store right in the middle of town by the fire station there's a big jacked up truck sitting there. You can see a guy in there on his cell phone. And I see this guy walk out with a bag of groceries in his arm. And he kind of, he looks at that truck. And then I see him like, like really quick, like back around the corner of the door. So I was like, what is, what the hell is he doing? It caught my attention. And then he got, he like crouched down and he crawled up to that truck and he reached up and he slammed his arm on the hood as hard as he could. He ducked back down in front of the truck, dude. And that dude inside was whipping his head back and forth. Like, what the hell was that? Looking around. And then all of a sudden the, the guy with the groceries in his arm jumps up and like starts laughing and waving at him. And then he runs off to his truck. Or whatever. <laughs> but th- those small town interactions, dude, you can't beat them. Yeah. And that reminds me of something else. And then we better wrap it up because I got things. Hey, to yeah, do. You got hunting to do. I got work to do. I get it. I get it. Did, did I ever tell you about the time I, I was in Duluth, um, where I currently live, and uh, I was I was coming out, or I was going into our grocery store, and I happened to look over and I saw my brother coming out. So, I, <laughs> and it was it was the winter and it had just snowed like six inches of fresh, heavy, wet snow, and uh, I kind of hid somehow from him, and once he got past me, I rolled up a nice hard snowball and I wound up and just drilled him in the back you're in a public place you know you're just pushing your cart out to your car and you get drilled in the back with a snowball and i mean he spun around so fast like he was under attack and he sees me and he's just like of course it's you you know <laughs> oh man awesome, yeah. yeah awesome dude yeah. what you gotta have a little fun in life you know 
you have to man you know, make connections with people it's always a, it's but always worth it i don't recommend doing that to a, throwing a snowball at someone's back if you don't know them <laughs> <laughs> just a random stranger just, just, i want to i want to get that in there you know so. oh yeah no that's awesome well, I'll definitely be uh, keep in touch with you and let you know how it goes. And uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll do a podcast about it, huh? Yeah, we have to, man. We got to get you on as many times as possible before you head back. So, well, cool, man. Right. Good catching up with you. Glad we got you on. And uh, good luck with the turkeys, man. Sounds good. Thanks, brother. All right, brother. We'll see you. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to the episode today, guys. Uh, this episode, you know, getting a chance to reflect back with John makes me think of Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Uh, you know, just getting a chance to connect with people, look up from those cell phones and uh, make real connections with people, have good laughs. And talking with John about those, you know, small town interactions or the guy at the airport that, you know, happened to be going to John's job site just shows you that we're all actually connected if we take the time to make an effort and make those connections. So lift your head out of the screen, go out there, get out in the woods, spend time with God, quiet your heart and let him show you how you can motivate someone else in your life around you tomorrow or whenever the next interaction is you have with somebody. Thanks again, guys. And as always, God bless and keep praying and slaying.